Welcome to the Gear Garage Live Show. This weekly YouTube show covers whitewater rafting, river safety, gear, and anything else Zach feels like rambling on about. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. I have a lot of stuff to talk about, so we're going to just jump right into it. Uh, And the first thing, here's our little agenda. I've created my agenda for the shows. We're going to start by talking about our sponsor, GoRafting.com. Answer questions. If you have questions, put them in the comments right now, and I will get to them uh, as we go. There's already a couple of questions ready to go. And I will talk about Kodiak Components, a gear company I kind of stumbled across that I'm kind of excited about. So to get started, I want to talk about a sponsor of our show, GoRafting.com. They make river maps for your phone, which is pretty cool. They Not only they make river maps, they just have a pretty comprehensive website. If you want to learn about a river and get a description, you can click on it. Let's say the White Salmon. And there's this online description of the river. So this is just stuff they have online that's for free. But if you want the map, and I think we came across it, if you want the map downloaded to your phone where it knows where you're at using your GPS, tells you how far to the next thing, this is it. And they are by far the best ones doing this. There's another organization doing it that NRS is working with. Um, this one, I, I think the difference is this one knows where you're at on the mileage of the river. That one just tells you where you're at as far as I know. This one actually knows like, you know, a mile around a bend is your camp. So it knows where you're at in the, in line with the river. And they're, they're great. I used it in the Grand Canyon. Um, I had a paper map and this, and I thought I would use a paper map the whole time, but it was really nice to know exactly where we were. So I pulled out the app quite a bit and really liked it. So it's a, it's a great thing. I did the map. I did the one for the Illinois river. It's um, not like I wouldn't say it's 100% comprehensive. The one I did on the Illinois, it's just really good. It tells you the information you need to know, the important stops, the important campsites, the important rapids. It's not everything. Whereas the Grand Canyon map is everything. And uh, if you look at their website, uh, you have to, they don't sell the app. The app is a different company called Far Out. So you get the Far Out app, which is a free app. And then you buy the maps directly through Go Rafting somehow. You have to figure out how to use your. You're, uh, I don't know, you have to you have to do the tech stuff on your own. But uh, I did notice that they have this bundle uh, that's, that's, and they're not telling me what to say. I just, they just say, hey, we want to sponsor the show, say whatever you want. This bundle where you get for 50 bucks, their Whitewater Classics bundle, which is a lot of rivers here. I mean, I, I don't know. I think they should not do this. This is, you basically get everything. I wonder if you get the Illinois with this. You get the wind and you get things like the wind where like you probably are not going to use it on the wind. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Nice to have the white salmon. I don't know if you can use it on the white salmon on day trips. I'm not sure how useful this. Oh, there's the Illinois. Boom. So the Illinois is including the, included in the bundle 50 bucks for all of them. That's a steal. And I say that because I don't think they can, they're going to keep doing that. They have to stop this bundle. It's, it's too affordable and, and it's worth 20 bucks for the grand Canyon map or whatever it is. It's worth, whatever the Illinois one is. It's worth it to have the information on your phone. Again, I think this is the future of river maps. So, you know, I'm pretty jazzed about it. And so, yeah, if you're interested, check it out. I know a lot of you just got permits for the middle fork of the rogue or whatever. And now's the time to get the map, get it on your phone, see how it works. And there's so much information in the app. There's photos. There's, it's just, the apps are great. So uh, Thomas has a comment about that. Yeah, I worked in the Grand Canyon too. It was amazing. Like we we found a camp that was really good. 
because I was in the app looking for camps and I saw, I was looking at photos of camps that I had downloaded. I download, you download all this stuff before you leave. You don't, you don't need to sell service to make this work. You download the map ahead of time. I'm like that camp looks beautiful. Let's camp there. And so it's just really nice to know again, where you're at on the river and they're pretty descriptive, pretty descriptive map maps. Again, I, I think it's the future. I think in 10 years, we're all going to be doing this. Paper maps. The problem with paper maps, which which we've used forever and they're great, things change. So like if you bought a middle fork of the salmon map from last year, it's it's different now. There's new rapids. Rapids have changed where an online map can be updated. So as as the river changes, as access changes, that information can change in real time. Uh, Joe says, make sure your map is loaded prior to getting out of cell reception. Yeah, you need to download the map, everything. He had an issue on the rogue last month where, where your map would not load despite having loaded it offline. Interesting. Make sure your map is... Yeah, what I would probably do to troubleshoot this is download the map to your phone, put your phone into airplane setting and see if it's still there and see if everything's still there. Um, sounds like a technical thing, but you definitely want to download all the stuff on your phone. Uh, you can't depend on cell service, obviously. And it's part of the reason it works. So that's our sponsor. Thank you, GoRafting.com, for sponsoring it. And I honestly love the, the map. So like, it's easy for me to, to, to brag about them and talk about how great they are. Okay, let's get on to questions. And um, there's a few questions we had this week. And then we'll, from there, get into questions people put in the comments. Uh, first one is, what are the dimensions of a cataract frame you'd recommend for a 14-foot wave destroyer? The shave strip is 93 inches long. Any particular brands you'd recommend? I've had this question a lot. Uh, my go-to answer is for pretty much all cataract frames is uh, you want 36 inches between the tubes. And that's pretty standard cataract frame size. Some people go narrower. I think people in California who are doing steeper, te more technical stuff might go narrow, narrower. I think 36 inches is sweet. So that's what I go with. We've been through brands. Uh, let's, let's, I think class five, it depends what you're doing. River frame. I think that's it's in class five adventure gear. I think if you're going to be running like the wind North, North Fork Payette, the class five ish stuff, I think right now the class five frame is, is the frame. Um, it's, it's really well done. It's proven. Uh, I think, Oh, well, there's a breakdown version too. That's cool. I've never seen that. Whoa, that's cool. Oh no, it's not breakdown. It's adjustable. That's what's going on. Those can move around. Huh? I would love to see that actually. That's pretty cool. Um, I just think right now, like there's probably some other good frames out there. If you're again, if you're gonna go do the hard stuff, this seems like the way to go. Um, I really like Dusty's frames, DRL River Logistics. Let's look at those. He makes a really good cataract frame. Let's see where, where are we at? Raft and cataract accessories, rowing frames. Uh, his fully welded one's great. I, I wouldn't this wouldn't be my top choice for a class five. It would probably be fine. It wouldn't be my top choice. It's, it'd be good for it. And Dusty probably would get mad at me if you heard me say this. But if you're doing class two, three, four, this is just solid. It's the way to go. It would do fine in class five. It just, I think the class five one is a little better for that. Obviously, they're named class five adventure gear. That makes sense. Uh, this is a good one. They're also, they make a breakdown frame. I have a few of these. They're breakdown frames. The low pro breakdown and solid like i've i use them they're great i would i personally would not use these in class five i um they wouldn't i this is a good class two three four frame more on the class two three side so be fine in class four the same way his other frame would be fine in class five 
but it doesn't have this all the bells and whistles you would want on the classifier frame like scout bars um places to kind of lock your feet in but as a breakdown frame this is solid and i i've, I've used these a bunch i'm a big fan and the other one i got i just got one of these kirk neil's frames um let me see if i can find this website oh i think it's a go light yeah go light outdoors I just got one. If you want a super light, simple frame without bells and whistles, uh, let's see if I can find it here. Products, frames. This is the way to go. This is sweet. It's They're really well made. They're light. Uh, light means you're easy to travel with, and it means it's just lighter, so it's less to carry. And uh, again, like I, I would probably run class four plus five in this. I would run the wind in this. It has the scout bars. And when I say the scout bars, these little uh, – you can see right here, these little things you can stand on to get a good view of things really help. Um, although I think this is a better like class three, four frame. I wouldn't, I this isn't the frame I'd want a North Fork pay at. I'd be fine on the wind, but I wish I would have more of the fancy stuff other frames have. Cherry Creek, yeah, yeah, you want some a little, little beefier, but for like what most of us are doing most of the time, it's a sweet frame, it's simple, it's light. Uh, and Neil's a great guy, and it's just proven so. Yeah. Uh, Sean is saying the Nexus cat frame. Yeah, that's another one too. Um, that's right. We've been through these before. I should do a video about these. Um, the problem with cat frames is that they do change over time. Like new people start making them. So it's hard to like have an answer all the time. This frame looks super cool. Uh, it looks really cool. I don't, I've never tried one. Uh, it has the things you want. It has the, the scalp bars right here. It has them in the back too. It has looks like nice places to kind of put your feet into. Um, yeah, this thing does look really cool. So, yeah, I think I when I went to their website. Oh yeah, if you go, it, we felt as the one that makes them. I feel like I've gone to these. He says they're unavailable. Check back in twenty four. It's twenty four. I think I looked at them and there was some some things I really liked. Like oh, it had some sort of ma oh magnetic foot thing which I'm dying to see. So I've never tried it, but I hear these are cool. That's a good option. I think a lot of times the frames is what can you get? You know, what, what's, what actually like, can you pay money to somebody to get like, it's not, they don't just always have a ton in stock. And so I know Dusty's really good at production. So going DRL is a good option. I think class five from understand is good. It has a lot of frames. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Magnetic foot attachment. That's pretty revolutionary. Like, I can see how that – I don't know how that works and if it's creates some other danger. I don't know. I love magnets, so I'm in. Like, if yeah, I would definitely want the magnetic foot attachment. But I'd be worried about adding weight to myself. Do I have to put a thing in my foot, like an iron an iron plate in my shoe so that I maybe be harder to swim, maybe I sink. I, I don't know how it works. And does it really – is it strong enough to actually hold me to my to the foot thing? I, I, I have no idea. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, first of all, I'll go 36, 36 inches between the tubes. And really depends on what you're doing. If it's overnight, like none of the frames we just talked about are really good overnight frames because it's hard to carry gear on them unless you're doing like backpacking style lightweight. Those are all like class five white water or yeah, class four or five white water frames. For an overnight frame, I, you know, I would a rogue fabrication i think makes some good ones um and nrs you can just buy an nrs thingy um yeah i guess i really need more context to know specifically what you're doing but 
Um, those the ones I mentioned earlier are all good options for like day runs, class three, four, five. Okay. Moving on to the next question. And for those of you that are listening to this as a podcast, I'm sorry about that. This is really intended as a video podcast. We we create the podcast part. I put it on, online so people can listen to it. But you're, you do miss out on a lot of the stuff. And I do I don't intend to make this just audio. So hopefully it's interesting, but I can understand if it's hard to follow as a audio podcast. Okay. Hi, Zach. I followed your channel for a couple of years. I like your approach and respect your opinions. Thanks. That's nice to hear. Like I because people tell me the opposite sometimes. So I thank you for throwing that out there. Uh, I like your approach and respect your... Okay, I read that. Uh, after years of trying, I finally have an opportunity to run the middle fork of the salmon. I'm looking for any beta intel on the status of log, the log jam and how that might affect the June trip. We're assuming to launch at Indian Creek. I realize no one can predict what happened. Just interested in the word among the locals. Our trip's still being planned for June. Any thoughts should the logs break free when a trip is planned? Thanks for anything you can offer. Thank you for preloading this with uh, saying, I realize no one can predict what happened because I'm constantly asked to predict the future on weather, flows, stuff. I just can't. And the 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 quick answer here is, I, I don't know. I really have no idea what's going to happen. We're still, run, we're still planning our trips in June. I'm sure we'll run our trips in June. Like you're planning to fly into Indian Creek. I'm planning to fly into Indian Creek. Like I know that's a possibility that we may be flying our trips into Indian Creek. So, uh, and to do that, I've called the air companies and just been like, Hey, just in case we have to fly all of our trips in all summer, do you have capacity? Can you put us on the schedule? And they have, a, they have a setup. And I talked to them yesterday and they said, if you want to be on the list of people who have priority for flying in, uh, you'll want to give them a hundred dollar deposit right now. This is, this is Jim air specifically. I talked to Jim air. They said, they said, we need, we'll need a hundred dollar deposit to, to put your name on a, on a date. And they'll prioritize people who pay the deposit. They'll try to get to everybody. But what the problem with, with this is if it's a normal year, they're not going to fly much into the Middle Fork until end of July, it, which is a normal year. They may have to start flying every trip, every person, every piece of gear in starting end of May. And the difference between a normal year and what could happen this year is dramatic in terms of pilots planes uh, i'm sure there's licensing involved all kinds of stuff so a hundred dollars to like secure an option to fly in if you need to is is a, is a bargain they should be charging way more because they have to start putting things in a place now that cost them a lot of money to be ready just in case that happens and if it doesn't happen they're out that money and so with gem air if you want like and they're, they're only going to take as many reservations as they know they can handle so, you know, if, if enough people call them, like all the commercial companies and then the private boaters, and you're the last on the list, you may not get, get guarantee flying, which would be a bummer. And, and letting them know now with a little bit of money helps them make really good decisions about what to do this summer. So uh, assume you may fly into Indian Creek, uh, everything. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Just that may happen the whole summer, which is brutal. Uh, another thing he asked here is how it's going to affect your June trip. It, what's going to happen is you're not going to know until what we're not going to know things until after the first trips run after high water. So high water is going to happen. Everything's going to shift around and then somebody's going to go and they're going to report back. And so we may not know if the river is clear until, I don't know, May 20th, May 30th, May depends on the snowpack. 
until the first trip goes. They may come back and say, nope, nobody's going in, right? They may come back and say, you're good. So you won't know until a few weeks before what you're going to do. And I see three main options here, three possibilities of what could happen. One of them is it could just be a, a full fly-in, like I mentioned. Everything flies into India and you launch Indian, uh, which means the river's closed. It could be that the river's open, but it's really dangerous. Like there's logs you have to maneuver between. The rapids have changed, so they're like solid class four, not like easy class four, which is a big gap. Like there's like stuff we call class four that's not that hard and not that dangerous. And then there's like really hard class four that like could flip boats, could create swimmers, could create messes that most people don't have the experience or skill to, to manage. Or and, and or there's just like a log in a bad place and you have to make a move above a log that can kill somebody. And so the river could change, be runnable, but but pretty dangerous. And I think in that when that happens, people underestimate the danger and they overestimate their abilities and think they can do it. And in that, in that case, a lot of groups may want to fly in anyway, depending on how hard it is, how dangerous it is. And then the other option is it's just fine. It's just like everything clears out and we're good. And again, we won't know this until then. So I think those are the different things that can happen. Again, I'm not going to have probably any more information until end of May, early June. So we're still scheduling trips. Uh, any thoughts should the logs break free when a trip is planned? So I think he's asking if you're downstream of the logs and then they break free. Um, tie your boats up really well. I don't know. I mean, it it's happened before. Uh, I've been on the, the middle fork when stuff's coming downstream like crazy. You don't want to be on the river when it happens. So if you start to see like a little like pine needles and like uh, like sediment in the river while you're floating, that's a good sign to pull over. Like there's a flash flood coming. There's something coming. Pull over, tie your boats up really well, wait it out. A lot of times it happens in camp. Like we're only on the river. I mean, just 24 hours a day. Most groups are on the river five hours. So 19 of the hours your boats are tied up generally. So uh, just, you know – Use have really good ropes for your boats, have really good knots, know how to tie them. I think that would be really big. And um, yeah, that's that's it. I've already had this question like 10 times this year. I see it coming another 20 times, and it's all gonna be pretty much the same information. Uh yesterday I recorded a video that covered all that stuff, probably a little bit more, that will show up on my on this channel in like the next hour so like it's i recorded it it's gonna go live and so if you want all of this information in sort of a, a pre-thought out sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for just a pre if, in a way where i like prepped it i had notes and i followed them and i covered everything thoroughly in an order i think is correct watch that video and then it, next time somebody asks me i'm just gonna send them that video because what i just the answer i just gave you is just me just jumbling words and kind of barely answering all of your questions so hopefully all that helps nobody really knows more than you but again i think the big thing is you got a permit you applied whoever applied for the permit when they knew there were log jams upstream and so hopefully whoever applied for the permit and your group are aware that we don't know if the top section is runnable and that it was possible that you could be flying into Indian Creek. I really hope people don't turn their permits in last minute this summer because that's a bummer for the people who have the skills to do it or willing to put the effort in. So hopefully 
you're like, hey, we applied for a permit. We knew this is a possibility. We're planning worst case scenario. Now, there's probably worst case scenarios. Like there's log jams below Indian, but like we're planning on flying to Indian. If anything better happens, that's great news. We're willing to put the $100 deposit to, to get on the list to fly in and go from there. The other thing is if you're going to fly in, you need to buy probably new, maybe new frames because your, if your frames don't break down, you can't put them in an airplane. And so I would think about new frames, new equipment that can break down. Uh, Moravias don't roll that small. And so you can fly Moravias in, but they're hard. Some some wing boats don't roll that small. Sotars roll okay. So you want to think about your gear. And also this might be a year to think about going lighter. The less gear you bring, that's the less stuff you have to load and unload in your truck. You have to put into an airplane, take out of an airplane, you have to carry down the hill. And so this might be the year to go backpacker style, go lean to mean, you know, turn it into a ducky self-support trip. That would be so cheap to fly in. Put, have everybody put dry bags in the back of their ducky. Be an amazing trip. So this is a year to think about like less stuff in general. Okay. So hopefully I answered that question and let's go through the comments here. That I've gotten so far, Steve, how, le how loud are Makita blowers? Could this be a problem for fellow boaters? Um, hold on, let me get mine. Real quick. I I own a bunch of these because they're awesome. Uh, this is how loud they are. They make noise. They're not that loud. Uh, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't bring this on a trip and use it like in the wilderness because it's got a motor you probably shouldn't use in the wilderness uh but it put in take out this that's not that loud i we, i've used them all the time it's not a big deal yeah um it's it's there's the thing we used to use that uh nrs it was a company made this like handheld thing that plugged up to your car batteries called the screamer because it sounds like somebody screaming you know it goes that was obnoxiously loud and annoying and we still put up with it so this is way less annoying than the screamer and actually it works a lot better like pumps things up faster so that's less time you're blowing so good question steve still loving the river radius podcast yeah it's it's a great podcast he's doing a great job with it um for those of you who don't know it's it's a podcast about the river and rafting whitewater and uh, it's 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 great it's a it's high quality like this what i'm doing right here I'm going to say it's pretty mediocre quality. This is just the best I can do with the skills that I have. Um, he's actually doing high quality, great interviews, has all the right equipment. He edits it really well. Um, it's really amazing. I'm looking at either a nice haul or large single Cronin Ducky. Any thoughts on the comparison of each? Yeah. I mean, let's see what the nice is like again. The, the Cronin is proven. Um, the, the Cronin is, it's the Cronin. And for those of you who don't know, oh, here we go. It's got all that bad rocker. Um, you know, some would say too much bad rocker. So it, and I think they're both PVC. I'm guessing they're both kind of like the same material. Yeah, this is PVC. They're both like, you know, they're affordable. They're all, they're both around 1200 bucks. So I don't know how much of, this is like how much a Cronin is. Cronin, ugly, ducky. Uh, let's see. Home of the ugly ducky kayak. 
There we go. Twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. So, you know, they're both around twelve hundred bucks. You know, I, I, I would lean towards a Cronin in that Matt. You know, he's involved with the community. He's a boater. It's nice to support a boat. He supports American Whitewater. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know the people from Nice. Maybe they support the community too. Maybe they're boaters. I have no idea. I've never used one. Uh, I, I think I'm guessing that the fabric. Yeah, this is 0.9 millimeter PVC. Let's see if we can find out what. I bet Cronin's a little thicker. That thing is, Cronin has a great warranty. Uh, I don't want to say what it is because I might mess up the words and over-interpret what it is. I can't see what kind of fabric he has. I'm guessing that Cronin is heavier, like weighs more, and also has thicker fabric. My my general uh, feeling would be like, if you're going to run harder whitewater, I would probably go with the Cronin. Like, I think that design is proven to that Brocker just bombs over things. It's really forgiving. I, I saw Bill Guyman run up Reese Fork, which is a challenging, like four plus run. And he did fine for the most part, you know, and maybe he's an expert kayaker. I just didn't know it, but like, I, you know, I didn't even know he knew how to kayak or ducky. Whereas the nice, I, I'm guessing is designed more for like, you know, you can just tell from the photos, right? Class they're on desert rivers, more of the like extended class two, three run. It's probably lighter. It's easier to carry. You know, I think this is designed more to carry gear because it's not, it doesn't have all that rocker. That it basically it's the same boat. But they just took the rocker and made it flat. Or Krona took the, took the boat and went like this with it. Either one. The Krona's probably better for day trips, white water drops. This is probably better for extended extended white water. And again, you can just you can just tell from the photos they put. Matt has photos of them running giant captain. These guys are standing up, floating down. Those are, those are my thoughts. Let's see. Where are we at? Thank you, my Nexus. Yep. Gear Garage is my favorite video podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I think I might be the only video podcast for rafting. So as soon as somebody out there does a better job, I will not be insulted if I'm not your favorite anymore. It just takes one person. And it's probably going to be Private Whitewater. He's probably going to start doing online video live podcasts and blow me away because he's, he's smart. He's talented. Better looking, better voice. He's got it all. Dimensions of a gym. No. That's a, I mean, they have multiple planes. Uh, I can tell you one thing. Your frame is not going to fit in a gym airplane. Your frame has to break down. They can get oars in there. They can get big Moravias in there. Uh, but I don't know the dimensions of airplanes. That's a good question for them. Uh, one thing, one on that note, when you're – let me turn this audio off. When you're flying stuff in – with your rafts and you want to get all the air out of your boats. And that's where we use these a lot. They come in really handy. And you take this, these are the adapters that I sell. And, and on that note, we're about to get adapters for the other ones, the Rayobi, the Milwaukee, they're, they're in the mail, supposedly. Um, you put it on the side and you suck the air out of your raft and you can sit on your raft and push the air out. Nothing gets the air out, like sucking it out on the side attachment. So um, I, I recommend getting one of these. If you're flying in just to suck the air out of your raft, make your raft smaller easier to put into a plane and transport okay yeah i think he's steve you're saying to love this yeah these are so sweet and uh i guess i'll let me see i'll bring up our adapters really quick now's the time this is i didn't intend to do a commercial about our adapters or talk about them but i'm going to anyway um i 
the, this adapter that goes on the end here, can everybody see? Yeah, the end here uh, is made by somebody else uh, who has it, who's an engineer, who has a 3D printer, and uh, he makes them. He's not, he's not, I think he's, he's related to a boater, but he makes them. I buy them from him. I put them on a website. I ship them. It's a whole process it, to go from to go from making them to your doorstep. It, it's just so many steps along the way. It's crazy. Uh, and so, if you have the ability to print on your own 3D print, there's there's designs for some of these online. You can just buy if you have a 3D printer. Otherwise, I, I've been selling them on this website, River Hardware, and uh, the Makita one. This is the classic, but. And we're sold out right now. We're about to get more, hopefully. We, we're going to have one soon for the Ryobi, the DeWalt, and the Milwaukee. The one thing about the Ryobi and the DeWalt, wait, I think it's, I think the DeWalt, you can, you, can use the, you can use the side to deflate here. Yeah. It's the, the Ryobi, which is the least expensive of the bunch. You can't put a valve on the side right here. And so you can't deflate with it. Well, the other ones you can deflate with. So we're about to have adapters for these different ones just to help people out that want them. If you want to have these to blow up, I just, there's no better tool for pumping up your boat than this, those red blowers that, I mean, the, this, this, I think this Makita is 150 bucks, 170 bucks, something like that. This thing's going to cost you 30 for 200 bucks. You get this right back in the day. We would spend, I think it was like three or $400 on the little red blowers that plugged into the wall and those NRS screamers. Let me see if I can find that um, NRS pump. Cost more than that. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's 81 bucks. That's a, that's a deal. So this is the other option. Um, the, the, these things are really loud. They used to break all the time too. You have to be really gentle with these. But that's 81 bucks um, if you want to plug in your car battery. So I thought they were more. Maybe they're, they just cost less now. Okay. So where are we at? Let's go back to, oh, questions. The nice rocker looks like between Cronin and a wing. Yeah. I mean, the... Wing is going to cost a lot. Those are 2000 plus. I wouldn't be surprised if they're 2500 right now. The wing's probably going to weigh less. The wing weighs 20 pounds. It's a really thin. Well, it depends. You can get the wing one with the super light material. I think they still make those. The one, I have a bunch of those. Or you can get it with the regular material that's thick. It's bomber. If you get a, a wing ducky out of the regular material, it will last a long time and take a lot of beating. Because it's your thing. Like the nice and the Cronin are made of PVC. They're just, they're not going to last as long and they're not going to take as much of a beating. That's just, and I know Matt's going to say, Zach, PVC is the best. Everybody that sells PVC boats say it's just as good. They'll last as long. In my experience, the PVCs break down over time and they, get, they, they are less durable. So the wing, I think, is going to weigh less if you get the lightweight one. Uh, and I think the, I think that the wing and the nice are, pretty close i don't think it's halfway in between i think the wing and the nice are very close in, in terms of the rocker uh williamson yeah your williamson will make it in the plane this the, the williamson is a, a the wing 14 foot six raft it's really gonna help to suck the air out you really like on those wing boats oh though sean if you got that if you got the regular fabric and you suck the air out no problem if you got the coating they like coat them like they coat in moravia those ones are really hard to roll and that probably be fine but if if you, as soon as you coat those wings and that then that coating that comes with they're really hard to roll the dust blowers look a little bit slower but are smaller 
Nikita for a couple hundred or knockoff for 75. The dust blowers. I don't quite understand this. Maybe those of you reading it do. The dust blowers work a bit slower, but are smaller. What's a dust blower? I think these are dust blowers. Um, yeah, and there's there's knockoffs of this, so there's cheaper ones for less. It's just this one's just has a more powerful motor, I'd say it's more durable, and it really helps to have the this right here to suck the air out. It, I I use it all the time. Yeah, thirty three hundred dollars for the yeah, I knew it was expensive. Like the wing stuff is getting really expensive, and it's just it's like everything you get what you pay for. Stuff is just expensive now. I mean, if you want high quality, it's gonna last a long time. It just costs a lot, and yeah, it's expensive. I, I'm not sure anybody's gonna buy any more of them because it's so much more than anything else. I'm glad I I got mine back when I did. Okay, I want stock colors to avoid extra weight. 22 pounds. I want the stock colors. Yeah, yeah. I think if you just have the regular fabric and not the coating and you suck the air out, you'll have no problem getting into a plane. We put 18-foot rafts in planes all the time. But the key is, again, sucking the air out. Okay, I think we're almost done. I'm going to talk about one more thing. Oh, Kodiak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, there's this company I, I stumbled upon that makes seat mounts. And before I do, I know Thomas is here. I want to talk about... Uh, about seat mounts for NRS frames. And first I'm gonna talk about Thomas's because he's the most engaged with, with us and he makes great stuff. And for those of you that don't know, Thomas has his company, bettermounts.com makes all, whoa, this is new, a crossbar mount. Whoa, that's kind of cool. Getting new stuff coming out. The seat mount. And so one of the problem, oh, can everybody see this? Let me pull this up. Sorry, I'm back here. So. You can see like he has a crossbar mount now. He's coming out with new products all the time. This is pretty cool. Solder panel brackets. Wait, where did this seat come from? Where did we gotta talk? Because the NRS seats that I'm getting keep falling apart. They keep coming unglued. And so I'm looking for something else. I don't want one this tall. I think I like the smaller ones, but I'm curious where you're getting seats because I feel like the quality of NRS seats is pretty suspect. But one of the one of the issues with the NRS some tube adapter oh i need some end caps too yeah we gotta talk thomas okay so anyway one of the issues with the nrs seat mounts is that you have to take the seat mount off and on the frame you have to pull the seat off first does that make sense like you can't have the seat attached to the adapter and then put it on you have to put the, uh, the, the nrs seat mount on and then screw the adapter on so taking seat mounts on and off is tedious and the problem with some of these seats is if you misthread them a little bit, it trashes the seats. Like if you're really careful threading the seats. And so I, it just sucks to have to screw and unscrew seats all the time. So Thomas made this seat mount where you can put the, the seat on and you can screw it on. Boom. Works great. I haven't seen one yet. I haven't used one yet, but like I'm stoked. This is super cool. The only downside of this one of, of and the one I'm about to show you is that the way this pokes out a little bit, if this is sitting on a tube, it's a little problematic where the NRS just uses the little U-bolt thing. And so it doesn't really matter much if it sits on a tube. But if this back bar is on a tube where you're sitting, which is rare, the way the, the amount that sticks out is a little problematic. But I also found another company making seat mounts worth checking out. And they're right here. They're Kodiak things. And they're pretty, this is again, pretty simple solution. Uh, it's just two little thingies attached to the seat. And then you can screw them off and on to your bar. So 
two really good options for attaching an interest seat to a frame. I think the interest seat mounts, I mean, this, so Thomas is 80 bucks. Let's look at an interest seat mount. It's one of the most expensive parts of the frames, actually. 84 bucks, surprisingly expensive. So this is the one they come up with. Again, to get to these, oh, let me pull it up. To get to these screws right here, again, if you can see the ones I'm circling, let me make this bigger. To get to these screws right here, you have to pull the seat off, which is a bummer. It really is a bummer. And so, or if you want to, it's like, let's say you didn't tighten it and it moves a little bit. To do any adjustment, you have to unscrew the seat, which is, again, a bummer. The biggest reason, the annoyance, but the bigger reason is it's really easy to misthread those bolts and if you do it strips them really easily and you have to buy a new seat and seats are not cheap either so what i'm going to say is check out better mounts Let's see if i can find that again and check out his seat mount which is super cool or check out kodiak components and they have some really cool wrapping stuff too some like fancy, like hang on to your frame thingies. And oh, where's the seat mount? And let's see, let's see how much this one costs. 124 bucks. So even more than the NRS one. Like this is probably the most expensive one. This is definitely the most expensive one I know about. But that's how it works. I haven't tested it yet. It looks cool. Uh, I'm going to try to get it out sometime. Again, if you have this one lay on a tube, it's a little pro more problematic than the better mounts one, right? Because those like those bolt heads, these bolt heads. Pull myself back up. These bolt heads right here will really rub into your tube. So you only want to use this, if, in my opinion, if you're like if your frame is over air, not sitting on the back of a tube. Okay, I think we're almost done. Let's see, Makita XSA. What? What's the? What is that? What's a Makita? Let me Google this. Come back to here. Makita XSA 01Z. This is how I learned about cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think that's a drill. What is that? It's not an air blower. Oh, it says, whoa, Makita brushless quarterless high speed blower inflator. What is that? Whoa, I wonder if this is better. I think it's worse because I think if I remember right, 39 cubic feet per minute is less than the other one does, but that's, and you need an, we need another adapter. So that's kind of cool. I mean, I'd like cool tools, but yeah, for at first I thought it was a drill too. That's pretty cool. Thanks for sharing that Thomas. Okay. Do we allow guests to use IKs for the Illinois? Nope. We tried it once. Terrible idea. One reason is, that the Illinois flows are so sporadic, like, like it would be hard to like guarantee it because maybe like the exact perfect flow, it's fine. But we had a group do it the exact perfect flow, experienced duck ears. They promised the world, like, oh, we're gonna be great. They swam on even the class three rapids, like early. And I just was like, let's pull them. And then the bummer is like, we're definitely not gonna let people run them to green wall. We then have these big heavy duckies on our gear boats, the green wall and the harder rapids. Like we, I probably wouldn't, even if I led duckies on our Illinois trips, I wouldn't let them from Bond Falls through submarine hole. Right. Which means our rafts are carrying all this extra weight 
for um, through the harder rapids. It just makes it harder for us. So I tried it. That wasn't a fan. So we we don't do that. Okay. Oops. Why is it not working? Not a leaf blower. Not sure what you're referring to, Thomas. What's not a leaf blower? Kodiak mount might work to mount a DIY snapboard. Oh yeah, because I mean any of these would, I think. Any of them should work, I would think. But yeah, because you well, you can make these. The, the thing about these is you can make them any width you want. Where the other ones are like set to a square, right? So these are movable. They yeah, you could actually be a pretty great way to do a DIY. Oh. Comes with adapters. Are you referring to this? Comes with adapters. I mean, because if it does, I'm a big fan. Um, I don't know. I I don't need more tools, but now I kind of want it. Oh look, yeah, it looks like it has like a nozzle thingy. I don't. Know. I'm so. Let's see. Let's let's compare this. What are we at? Thirty nine cubic feet per minute. Um, I'm gonna Google Makita. I think it's the Dub, one eighty two. Let's see what the one I. I use does. So I'm sorry, you can't all can't see, but I'm opening up the other one I use, I'm trying to find out how many cubic feet per minute it does. And it's not as easy as you would think to find that. Let's go. Maybe I'll just go to Amazon and find it. Here, I'll move this here so everybody well, I'll just do it. Um, Makita blower. The Makita website didn't have the cubic feet per minute. So I'm looking at the the newer one, Dub 185Z, and it says, where is it? Man, come on. I don't know. If somebody else can figure this out, I'm struggling. If anybody can tell me how many cubic feet per minute it blows. You would think this would be a really important information that they would share, but I don't see it. I'm just assuming that the Dub 182 Let me pull this one up so we can see it. This is top one There's a few different ones. If anybody can figure this out, that'd be great. But this is the one I'm now recommending. Uh, that I like. It's the newer version. This one's the Dub 185Z. There's a few different models, but uh, the newer one is really nice. Because the older one, the nozzle thing just goes over the top of the thing. This one actually locks into place. There's like, you know, little grooves inside of there. It locks into place really well. Oh, Thomas found 113 cubic feet per minute. So what the, the one that we looked at earlier was 47. So it's super cool looking. It looks like a drill. But this one does over twice as much air per minute, cubic feet per minute. So I would. it just seems like this is a no-brainer to me at least. Uh, no raft adapter, higher pressure, but slower. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you were super nerdy, you would get, I mean, if it's higher pressure, you would get this to blow up the volume of air and then maybe that one could top it off. Like you'd have two, they could top it off. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and it probably can't deflate. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds, it seems like it's a high pressure pump for like high pressure. This is, this is more about, about volume. Yep. Jesse. Yeah, I am. I actually, this year, 
you know, last year I had to re, I, it was during a course, I rearranged our course schedule to go to WinFest. Um, are you going to race? Are we doing this? Because I was just actually about to message you. Uh, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to cap out race or R2 race because I have to find a partner to R2 race. So if you're going to race, let's dance. I'm, I'll, I'll not find a partner for the R2 race and I'll cap out race. Um, but I definitely am going. We, like I said, last year, we, the class four schools, we do overlap overlap the um Woodfest, but this year we move the schedule around so it wouldn't be a problem which on that note uh we have room in our class four schools you know we were all full sold out with waiting lists and had a rash of cancellation so if anybody wants to take our class four schools next month we have spots uh one of them is is a harder one like we're gonna go do harder rivers right off the bat like this for people who've already done classes with me it says it on the schedule like we're not yeah this is for people that are solid boaters good boaters not like you're trying to get there so we have one that's like the class four plus school let me know if you want to join that one we have a few some spots and that we had we had eight cancellations on that one it's crazy everybody all of a sudden had conflicts and another course has three openings in one of our normal class four schools so cool let's do this jesse yeah i'll be there um well at least we'll have us and i'm sure if we talk it up enough we'll get more people there but um yeah i'll put my capo together and it's only a few weeks away i'm pretty jazzed well everyone that's it for this episode i think i covered everything thank you all for watching as usual thank you for if you're members for being supportive of the show thanks for putting up with me mispronouncing things i say things wrong all the time you know i use the wrong word thanks for the low quality of the show i appreciate everybody still chiming in it's really fun for me i was looking forward to it today i love answering these questions as a reminder there's a video dropping probably right now where i more eloquently more i wouldn't say eloquently more eloquently more eloquently than i did earlier talk about my thoughts on the middle fork this summer so check that out and um yeah let's get one more thing know anyone running classes i i don't it depends what you want like class, class when you say anyone running classes out here in the mid-atlantic that's vague kayak classes are two classes rowing classes class two rowing classes class four rowing classes I'm guessing you're asking about like more intermediate slash advanced rowing classes. And I don't know of anybody, unfortunately. Um, we're, we're, we're one of the very few people. I think, I don't think anybody offers a class like what we do in the class four schools. Like it's, I, I'm pretty sure nobody does. It's, it's a very unique thing. Uh, it's very difficult. They're very difficult to run. They're very like, they're in, they take a lot of resources, vehicles, boats, trailers, people to move them what we do is very resource intensive but like it's the it's the best way to like practice what i'm going to call class four skills which are not necessarily about individual rowing which some of that is we focus a lot about ore management and shipping but it's about boat spacing boat order leaving eddies entering eddies scouting setting safety like we're really like how do we how do we run a responsible trip how do we look out for each other which you know i talked to a friend who was out boating this weekend uh with a group and he sent me messages he was just really disappointed with how badly people were not looking out for each other just like the boat spacing was way off and just the lack of looking out for each other was awful and it's something i feel like is needed in the community and we do a lot of that in the course i did a trip on the crooked a few years ago the crooked here in oregon which is a class four four plus run with one rapid people call class five which is debatable but 
you know, one of the hardest rapids, which is actually commonly portaged, we were running one at a time and nobody stopped below to set safety. Nobody, they, people just ran it and kept going. And I, I'm like, where did that come from? And so we talk a lot about like, wait, you know, like looking out for people on the river. That's a lot of the, the, the point of the class. Oh, canoeing classes. Well, Russell, I don't know much about canoes. Uh, I could Google it for you. Uh, well, let's, let's do it. Let's just do it. Um, let's see. Canoe classes, class three. Where do you say you were? Mid Atlantic. Let's see what we come up with. Oh, no. Hour bound, which is a big, here we go. Uh, here we go. Pri oh, this is where I would go right here. Nana Hill Outdoor Center. They're just like, that's what they're known for. This, they're like industry leaders in instruction. They probably even say that on their website. Private canoe and kayak instruction. I bet you they even have canoe classes. I don't know. And we can find some more perfect paddles. Whoa, that sounds like a cool place. So, yeah, I would just, I mean, Google probably has the answer for you on that one. Okay, let's see. Yeah, it's not a match. I I'm working on it. That's why I'm doing this show so I can work on being more eloquent and public, be better at public speaking, not stumble over my words as much, not talk too fast. I have a, I have a bad habit of talking too fast, not mumbling my words out. This is a chance for me to practice. So thank you for giving me a chance to practice. Uh, they sound awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You can No, I mean, don't worry about when I'm closing out. I'm happy to answer questions. But I think I'm done now. I think this is it, the end of the show. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. And, well, I should next Tuesday. We should do this again, I'm pretty sure, next Tuesday. Yeah, I should be here. So we're good for next Tuesday. I'll see you all on Tuesday. And look out for that video that just dropped about Middle Fork stuff if you care about, about the Middle Fork. Mm -hmm.